Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hello, this is Talk Cosmos, Leading Edge Astrological Conversations, and I'm Sue Rose Minahan, the founding host and evolutionary postmodern astrologer that has three panels, and tonight we have the Moonbeam team, and we're talking about the upcoming new moon in Virgo this coming on the 6th, and then in, in Virgo, yes, which is a big shift because for the last six months, it's been the full moon in the archetypal period. Archetypal period is when the sun, in this sense, is in its a sign. And so whether the, the, the planets all have their orbits, as we know, and the personal planets, especially the ones interior from us between Earth and the sun, Mercury and Venus, closely align themselves with the sun's sign, especially Mercury. It's only 28 degrees at any one time away from the sun, but it can go forwards, backwards. So with that said, um, archetypal period from my standpoint is the sun as it is its reigning power that benevolently shields or well, it doesn't always shield, does it? It can have be a little hot sometimes. So the point is, is it is that energy. So we have a new moon of seed growth. In fact, that's been our overlying theme is sprouting those seeds. And then we'll have the full moon in its opposite, which is in Pisces in the middle of the month. Uh, and it's that axis. It's really important in astrology to combine the two opposing houses or two energies, however you want to look at it. So in this case, it is Virgo, the priestess in mythology, the, the grain harvest, Demetra, Ceres, so many ways of being uh, gifted to, to nourish us. And then again, is there nourishing? You know, there is that withdrawal. There is that rebirthing cycle later on. And then it's opposing of Pisces, which is that encompassing part of this, the energies beyond our control of nature. Well, it's an axis and we're like a coin in between with the two sides. And now we are ready for the Moonbeam team. Relating to the sun and moon's energies, including the planets and the entire cosmos for the month's systematic two-week intervals of the new moon and full moon, plus the annual four to five eclipses, this is your Moonbeam team. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, host of Talk Cosmos, an evolutionary astrologer and consultant, plus a certified color energy coach. I explore creative expression as an artist, a musician, and write abundantly, stories to poetry. I love investigating mythology's language, philosophizing eternity, and I'm a perpetual student of life, seeing oneness of body, spirit of people, animals, and nature. I'm Elizabeth Liz Machette, certified astrologer, sacred healing counselor, 
tarotist and numerologist, providing individual consultations, teaching and tutoring internationally, co-author of Gateways to Change, Keys to Navigating the Seas of Life, currently facilitating workshops in Camino Island, Washington. I'm Katherine Metcalf, professional astrologer, intuitive, and tarot card reader. I am very blessed to live my passion by offering individual consultations and teaching classes at a local college and online. I love to talk and write about the planetary dances and how we fit into it. I have been lucky enough to be featured on NBC, Cosmopolitan Magazine, and Huffington Post. My goal is to educate, enlighten, and empower you. And I'm Sarah Stromley, a craniosacral therapist and founder of Brain Body Therapy in Kirkland, Washington. I'm an evolutionary astrologer that incorporates different forms of horary, location mapping, and medical astrology into my practice. I enjoy uncovering flower and mineral frequencies that also support the mind-body coherence that aid in the healing journey. And as Albert Einstein said, energy is never destroyed. Energy only changes. Well, hi, and unfortunately for our audience, too, Sarah's having technological problems then hopefully she'll be rejoining us as soon as she can manage because she was there and then gone and really as often in the past we've said what's the individual take on this whole process and the response was chaos and i must say i i (laughs) definitely think that this um uh, uncertainty of change and and chaotic uh, what's apparent with all the changes is certainly a byproduct that we're experiencing just like as i say sarah coming in and going out hopefully she'll flash in so get prepared <laughs> any rate yeah meanwhile hello liz and hello Catherine. Yes, hello. Good to see you. hi yeah and, and just keep breathing and make adjustments and go with the flow as much as you can yeah, yeah. oh it's so true well here we are it's the new moon Time to set those intentions, as we know. And of course, uh, Virgo is energy is about cleansing and fixing. It takes that all that energy of Pisces and wants to try to adjust it, try to mend it, because otherwise the leaves fall and, well, and you could make compost, as we know, and healing. (laughs) So Liz and Catherine, what shall we start off with talking about? I guess looking at this new moon as I answer myself is it's opposing Neptune. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. This um, new moon has a lot going on. It's very active. Sometimes new moons aren't quite as active, but this one is really active. Um, so dream big, uh, work on the details and um, you can analyze it later. It's just like try to keep track and make space for what you want to bring in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think with, you know, there's, Oh, go ahead. Did you want to, Well, no, I just showed, I just wanted to ask if you saw the, the new moon, I put it on. Yeah. Okay, good. Go ahead, Catherine. I'm ready. Yeah. Um, Well, I was just going to say with the, with Neptune in the 12th house too, Neptune is the planet of spirituality and compassion and kindness and, I feel like it's in a really happy place in the 12th house. It's it's a natural house and in Pisces, it's natural home. So I feel like humanitarian stuff is kind of in focus now. 
And I mean, especially with, and I know this is for September 6th, the new moon for that, but I think that we're feeling it now too. And so with the humanitarian efforts that are going on in Afghanistan, um, and also, you know, there's um, a water drought, you know, so going on with Arizona, like I lived in Arizona 25 years and they just said that they're telling farmers not to farm there now, which is just crazy. They're letting the golf courses stay open. <laughs> it really isn't that. I am I must say, Catherine, that is quite a statement of our, I, yeah. of, of, of perhaps not integrity. What am I trying to say? Um, it's not cohesive, right? I mean, if, right. if in an ideal world, which of course Pisces and Neptune is trying to have us see the, the wholeness of things, we would, because Mars is opposing it down there in the sixth, we would be noticing that um, uh, that that doesn't make any sense. You know, like uh -huh. what are we doing? Like, well, I know Arizona is, a, yeah, Arizona's, you know, a lot of the money that they make is from tourism, but it's like, oh my gosh, what's more important, food or golf? <laughs> so yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> Absolutely. And really, that is also, you would think that, I was just noticing that this new moon in Virgo that we are feeling, I agree. I think we're anticipating how are we going to really change our lives to to improve our health and to to do some of these repairs um, because that uranus in in taurus is is trining it it's flowing that energy supporting trying to get to our authentic uh, uh changes of values wouldn't you it seems if we can listen and hear it mm -hmm. well and i think that opposition of um, the moon in Virgo opposing Neptune in Pluto or Neptune in Pisces, you know, if we can use the humanitarian spiritual beliefs that we have and the desire to help other people and we bring in and instead of just dreaming about it, if we can bring in the resources and the detail orientation of Virgo, we could accomplish some amazing things, I think. That's so. good points. Yeah, bringing in the resources and the, in other words, making it realistic, taking right. that idealism to realism. Pra yeah. You know, yeah. Liz, I heard you kind of say, <laughs> what were you going to add? <laughs> well, it's like I remember a green community making the houses around that they would treat the water and then use that water to put on the golf course. So then the golf course wouldn't need fresh water because they recycle uh. their own water. And okay. if more farmers could do that, then there'd be more water for the farmer. But as a whole, people could conserve. And yes, farmers could cut back in the golf course. So if everybody helped out instead of just saying, let's farmers quit watering your crops, that would be much better. It, mm -hmm. it does get to being an issue of, I'm thinking, finances and uh, re, uh, allocation, reallocating uh, uh, technologies and methods, right? And that does take some uh, willingness to, to because there's always going to be a disruption when that is, um, I'm thinking, to, to build that kind of technology. 
But the advantages is always, I, I don't know at what point we're really going to recognize the necessity. Um, another thing is that with this particular chart, Mercury, just like we, no, it's not. Never mind. Yeah. Anyway. Well, and five of the planets are retrograde of the eighth, and we have a couple of um, asteroids and Chiron also going retrograde. So we have all this retrograde energy. Um, I always look at that lots of times as an internal process or things going on behind the scenes. And that'll start shifting big in October because we have several planets going to go direct in October. So um, start doing your work now because October is going to get busy. Yeah. That's very profound and needs to be considered not to get overwhelmed with as Neptune is, I think, um, opposing this and we're wondering how can we fix these things that are in that because it's in its own natural house and this chart of course is for the east coast which represents the united states because our capital is there we could you know depending on where it was um it would be in a different house but that's why it is in the 12th well and at this new moon time um analyze your desires and what you've been doing because it's a, a good time to you know make our desires knowing but our reevaluate um do i want to live where i want to where i'm living do i want to downsize upsize move closer to friends and family um move somewhere where i've always desired to because there's a lot of people moving right now once mm -hmm. again this is very true i have a, a a neighbor we both moved last year and now she's she and her um daughter's family are moving back up to the Northwest in a different city, into Portland. But it's just indicative of how, in a sense, like, yes, of, of reviewing and recalibrating. I, I always use that word recalibrate, but it seems to be quite effective in my thinking of um, improving what was maybe one good step, but needs further work. Yeah, five planets, all these planets that are retrograding, rethinking, restructuring, redesigning how we are uh, wanting to transform, um, expanding, you know, envisioning. I'm thinking of the, the code words for these planets, <laughs> uh, and, which happens every year, right? We know that. But it's, it's like a harvesting time, isn't it, in a sense, like harvesting mm -hmm. to reharvest what we've... Yeah. And I feel like with, you know, all this Virgo energy, Virgo to me is always, you know, in the fifth and sixth house are highlighted here. And I feel like Virgo is always focused on health. So I think, you know, with the new moon coming up on September 6th, there's like myself personally, I've been just completely exhausted lately. And I know I've talked to other people lately who have just been feeling the same way. So I'm really hopeful that with the new moon in September 6th in Virgo, that it'll be a burst of energy or at least a commitment to, it's maybe a reminder to commit to our physical selves, you know, and take good care of ourselves, uh, make sure that we're eating healthy food and exercising and all that good stuff. So 
it's very profound. You know, for those that are like the believers, it's an easy message. For those of us that wish that idealistically that were right was right. It's, it's great to be on the team, but then when you walk away from the stand, like the game, it's like, well, what was that all about? It's so true. It's it's very I've been hearing this idea of caring, self-care. I know in my own family there's a inherited heart situation that both my sisters now are telling me about. And it's like, oh holy criminy. Um yeah, something so to something recognize. that you need to re- yeah recognize mm-hmm. and review. Yeah. yeah, and Mars, you know, is conjunct it, so is conjunct the sun and the moon. So that's physical energy. So you know, I'm hopeful. <laughs> I'm very hopeful with this that it's going to be the kick in the butt that I need. Um, <laughs> that well, it will, you know, push us forward into really, uh, like you said, reviewing you know, acknowledging, reviewing, and refocusing on what can we do to take better care of our physical self. Yeah. Now I know if Sarah were here, she brings up the asteroids, which we all do, but I'm just thinking, um, because Hygieia is an asteroid. Is that Mm -hmm. what looks like the medical, um, they're between all of it, so close in Virgo. And so, yes, this is distinctly about what feeds our health and in opposition of awareness with the strategies or lack of strategies or using that new strategy of maybe getting perceptions through our spiritual um, uh, signs and and information. And as Catherine brought up, it's the... Uh, new moon in the fifth house. So uh, focus on our children also as they're getting ready to go back to school and some schools have started. So it's been in the news a lot of um, more children getting COVID um, mm-hmm. and how how do they do this? So they're, they're trying, but it's like a big focus. It's and, yeah, huge. It's huge. And I mean, there's like t- over 20,000 kids in Florida, you know, that got it. I think it was that. Um, and then there's also, I just read something today about, they did a track of a school in California where the teacher actually had not gotten the vaccine yet and she got COVID and she ended up giving it to 20 of her students or something to a bunch of her students. And then her students got it and they shared it with their family and their friends so, yeah, it's just this variant is just so contagious, you know. So, yeah, and a lot of a lot of the states are starting to implement, you know, requirements for teachers to have um, the vaccine. Well, when, when you look at this chart, you can see the energies that are trying to work in that area because we have Pluto, which is a very slow moving planet at 24 degrees Capricorn still. That's also retrograde as one of the large five ones. And so it is in that area for the United States, at least on the East Coast, working to implement rules and regulation with the idea of of hopefully protect for empowering health. You know, I mean, you know, it's always quite controversial, is it not? Particularly with Saturn and still Aquarius that isn't sure of how this disruption is really going to get best structured and stuff like that. We were thinking, too, that there is a 
air trine, which has been ongoing now because it is with the slow. Well, it keeps shifting a little bit of the three uh, planets, but right now it's with Mercury, the big thinker in Libra of partnerships. Like, okay, how are we going to cooperate with all this? And along with Saturn, which is very slow moving, which has been one of the, the trying where the energy is going back and forth, trying to restructure. And the third one would be, well, the North Node and Ceres trying to nourish in our direction. I think mm-hmm. you wanted to bring up some points on that. Well, it's a, a lot about communication, but with the Air Grand trying um, today, a big hurricane is um, bearing down on Louisiana, mm-hmm. and I believe it touched down there. You know, I think it's 150 mile an hour. I heard early this morning. Ooh. So, oh, so this cool. wind, but then there's a way to communicate because I did start to evacuate a couple of days ago. So that's a great thing that they have better communication on the 16 year anniversary of Katrina. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Scary. Let's talk yes. about the Sabian symbols because we have a few minutes before we leave and hopefully at the break, Sarah will come back. We'll find out. But I know that there's three, there's one that's kind of rounded off from the new moon which would be 14 Virgo. And then we'll bring up what we call, no, it'd be 15 Virgo, pardon me. And then the one before is the karma symbol, which would be 14, the one it's in, kind of where it's maybe proceeding from. And then we have the quest. Where is this energy going to? So this could be a long conversation, but I think, um, Catherine, if you could start off with the uh, Sabian itself, 15 Virgo. Yeah, and I was looking for my notes here. Okay, so <laughs> it says a fine lace ornamental handkerchief. So um, it has to do with matters of the heart, has to do with feminine energy um, and acknowledging something sacred. So it's like there's this, uh, this old story about, you know, a man having to go off to war and a woman um, putting, you know, her perfume or her scent on a hanky and giving it to the man so that it can be used to comfort, you know, him um, in challenging times. So, and I was, yeah. Oh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to read. Uh, uh, Dane Rudhar is adding something to the idea of this too, that it is um, a it's symbolic, as you were kind of mentioning, from a brotherhood, which kind of envelops that idea too, that w- w- welcomes a person about a battlefield, but more that when they've proven themselves on the battlefield, that where they meet their past that tries to block their way. So that's really interesting. Mm. So in other words, it's like we're trying to, in all these retrogrades, try to connect to that past in such a way to re to open it up, to, to use it, to go forward, but it's blocking. So what it says is that this ornamental handkerchief is a mystic beloved, you know, that, that she's woven out of spiritual threads. Did you want um, to go on with what the karma was, uh, Liz, of 14? I think it's a family sure. tree. 
Okay. Yeah, the karmic Sabian symbol degree and the karmic and the quest degrees was um, where I learned about it was from Linda Hill and she's in Australia. So the 14 degrees Virgo ties in with the, the new moon symbol of a family tree looking back, seeing where we've come from. If you have no sense of belonging, um, you, you know, you might have a sense of belonging, but if you had no sense of belonging, then um, you can look to other people of like mind. Yeah, and what I had, I might mention on this, again, Dane Rudhar, was that you it's going to the roots to get your, to become, you know, your, your flower. But, um, so the root power is essential, which is so interesting because it does feed into this other idea of the handkerchief to, to serve you as you go forward. Like, you know, whether it was on the battlefield with the center, however. Yeah. It could and, have been and, a family tradition. Yeah. So we have just a moment here to add, I guess our timing is such, the quest. Let's do that and then we'll take our little inter break. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The quest degree of where we're headed to, 16 degrees Virgo. Children are brought face to face with an orangutan, a direct experience with the power of nature and instinctual nature. So I, to me, that said, like getting in touch with instincts. Yeah, our authentic soul. That's what I was thinking, too. The whole of mankind. Well, this is promising. So we will come back with Liz Machette and Catherine Metcalf and hopefully Sarah Stromley with the Moonbeam team is August 29th. And we love you so much for listening. And we'll go on with the full moon. See you soon. take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the yin period of Virgo. By leaving a cycle based on the creative manifested legacy of our highest creative form, the energy of Virgo completes the last sign below the horizon of the self and requires discernment to perfect oneself through the mental process of critical analysis. As a mutable earth sign duly ruled by Mercury, Virgo refines heals or fixes through daily routines, developing skills and services to control nature's chaos and maximize efficiency. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So... Grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha, and enjoy the show. Hi, this is John Foster, astrologer and software developer, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, where we understand how to implement our free will through the cosmos. Find out the latest about your favorite shows on Alternative Talk, 1150. Check out 1150kknw.com. 
there's Sarah, all four of us, yay team. Well, <laughs> we are sprouting those seeds, that's right. As I was explaining earlier, we're in this new system for six months where we have the full new moon, which is on the 6th coming up, and then we'll be working with the full moon, which we'll talk about now, and that'll be... At the end of Pisces, 28 degrees and 14 minutes on September 20th, which is right before the equinox, isn't it? So, Sarah, since we missed you, do you have any great thoughts that you want to bring up? Because in that particular... <laughs> or, hello, how have you been? This is great. Um, yeah, I've been a little bit frantic. Um can you hear me okay? Because yes. I'm, using, I'm yeah. using an older mic that we decided I shouldn't use because my other one stopped working and I, I've been playing with between two different microphones. That to get is this going. so fascinating. Just to be, this ties in beautifully to bring you up to date. When we started this off, you know, because we usually come up with an idea from each of us, like what does the whole energy look like? And our idea was it's pretty chaotic. <laughs> so we just decided not to do that. And then in the conversation, we were really bringing up the fact that there's these retrograde planets right now, five of them. So we're all looking back to try to regroup. And in fact, the last Sabian symbol, the quest one, was trying to look at the whole of humanity and um, kind of use, get past the blocks. So here you are using an old microphone, trying, you know, but getting past the block. So perfect. <laughs> this is perfect. Okay, so we are with this new moon. No, we're not in the new moon, Sue. We're, I see, reboot, reboot. We're doing the full moon in Pisces. And at the end of it, that's what's so fascinating. And you know what? Maybe we'll just start off with the Sabian symbols again because we'll kind of, that'll give us a little conversation. And then we can go into uh, the factors. Just. I know that's a little bit disorienting, but Uranus is part of this whole spectrum, so that's not unusual. <laughs> yeah. Well, the so, Sabian symbol for it, you want me to say? Sure. So okay. is so the full moon is at um, 28 degrees Pisces, so we pop up one degree um, for the Sabian symbol for now. So it's light breaking into many colors as it passes through a prism. So um, it says you may need to break your situation down into its simpler components in order to see the full picture. So it's vital to the success of the situation and will lead to a greater understanding of the relationship between its many parts. And Dane Rudhart, because I've been looking this up too, same sim saving symbol, but on that says, the fact that unity is always going to break into multiplicity, which is so fascinating, isn't it? You know, we have mm -hmm. a rainbow every day lately here in Hawaii. It's in the same spot. Sometimes it's just a partial. Yesterday it was a full rainbow. I, my camera awesome. couldn't take the whole picture. And in fact, it even had a double one. But there you see the light in all its different colors. But it says that, here too, as there's no absolute unity, the only absolute is the relationship between the one and the many. So it's really a um, Pisces is that factor, the other side of Virgo. And Liz, uh, 
did you want to bring up the uh, karma and the quest? Now, the karma is the prior and the quest is after. Yeah. Yeah. So at 28 Pisces, a fertile garden under the moon reveals a variety of full grown vegetables. Time to harvest the garden, having what you need for nourishment. Um, and then the quest degree is 29 Pisces, a rock formation resembling a face is idolized by a boy who takes it as his ideal of greatness. As he grows up, he begins to look like it. Manifestation mm -hmm. of one's ideals. You do succinctly mm -hmm. say things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that was essentially what Dane Rudhard was saying. He was saying too that with the fertile garden under the full moon, that it's... Uh, the moon's power to call forth the instinctive power of growth that many things respond in different ways. So it fills the equal variety of human needs and tastes. So that would be nourishment, you know, and that's really when you think of this prism idea of, of the unity of the many colors, we each have a favorite sometimes. And uh, I guess that's how we like to see it. And that great stone face, that rock formation, it is the, the ability to mold the life of the visualizer. So um, the seed power is sort of the latent power of seeds because with new moons, you know, isn't that when we plant our seeds? So now with a full moon, we're trying to weed them out. Well, right. So and using the prisms of light we can analyze what's in our life and release that which we don't need today but maybe in the future we might need it but today we don't need it so we could share it with others or give it away or put it away for a while yep mm -hmm. sarah do you, do you have some to... burning thoughts <laughs> <laughs> well i mean just looking at this full moon i mean um it's so emotional in a way it's disorienting um there's some deep conflict over how to deal with money how to deal with relationships and i think a lot of those things are going to be up for us as far as um also the concerns that we've may have had for our own self-care that has been tied into the other new moon that we were looking at so do you want to pull the chart up? Sue? Okay, I will yeah. do that. You got it. Keep going though till while I do this. Yep. And we still have an air grand trine, but um Mercury has taken or Mars has taken Mercury's spot in Libra and Saturn in Aquarius and North Node in Gemini. So I always think of Mars as the gas pedal and Saturn as the brakes. So um there no. could be some chaos or um could we be could get whiplash. Well, <laughs> well, it does go along with that idea that feeding in from what Sarah said about all these areas, they're potent areas. Yeah. Go stop. H how do you? Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you think you're making progress and then all of a sudden you aren't or it's shifting and changing, but there is communication happening. So that's a good thing. Yeah. yeah it's Ven Venus is actually in. The seventh house in Scorpio, Venus is a planet of beauty and love, has to do a lot with relationships, and it's opposing Uranus, which is the rebel. 
So, and brings about unexpected changes and disruption and, or great awakenings, right? I think it was an earlier talk that where somebody was saying that through great emotional uh, breakups, there's breakthroughs. And I mm-hmm. was reviewing that thinking, oh gosh, it's so easy to see something in theory, but then to practice it, it's like, oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> wait, yeah. For the, wait for the breakthrough. <laughs> yep. Something that's been really pulling on my attention since late last night um, and that I've been following is the Hurricane Ida that's hitting New Orleans again. And mm-hmm. um, I, I had to look at the chart for New Orleans and yeah, they're going through some big stuff right now. They're um, with the New Orleans chart. They're having uh, Saturn square Saturn, and it ties into that whole Saturn square Uranus. Um, how the the structures and and everything that's going on, and Uranus is conjunct their Neptune. Neptune rules the oceans. Oh, wow. And so, um, so I mean, there's so much, I could talk an hour about this one, but I, I, I will keep it succinct. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, we're going to be, yeah, there's just, uh, to me, a lot of the dialogue around this is ties so much into how we're reaching these points of realization of, the old model is unsustainable and, um, and really coming to terms with that. You know, we have a love affair with this really eccentric city, um, this old, and it's a port city. So I know we're going to rebuild it, but the, how we rebuild it is really needs to be called into question because this ties into all the themes of global warming. We're having, um, the oceans are rising the ocean temperatures are increasing, which is causing the frequency and the intensity of more of these massive storms hitting yep. coastlines. And on top of that, this city, New Orleans, is built on the seabed. It sinks on average one to two inches a year. And so it's dropped yeah. probably two feet from the last time we rebuilt the, the levees 15 years ago. So. I mean, I know they're very innovative. They're absolutely brilliant with (laughs) how they've done these things. I mean, no one in the world could have done this. I mean, we were, I don't know if any of you were at UAC in New Orleans in 2012, were you? We were on, I remember going to the top floor of the Marriott on Canal Street. It faces the waterfront and it was scary. You could literally see the ocean bending towards the city. It's crazy. Mm. It's it's nightmare worthy. <laughs> but yeah, I just um, I really think they need to consider moving the borders of the city. They need to really consider um, repurposing some of the land for better uses and rebuilding the wetlands that are supposed to have been wiped out by uh, that, that are going to help create a, a stronger barrier against future storms. Those are very good calls. And that really follows up with the um, 
full moon in the conversation. No, new moon. I, I'm sorry. I'm forgetting which is first and second here, so forgive me. But with the new moon that we were talking about earlier, that in Arizona, the fact that the farmers, Catherine had brought up that the ca farmers were asked, don't farm. We don't have the water. But because of the tourism, we can still have the uh, golf watered the the fields i mean the the grass you know watered but this these words i love it repurposing that's exactly what's in my estimation that that this exterior uh, planet of uranus that's in the very middle at 15 degrees cars which is a powerpoint of of a fixed sign is demanding from us as it's retrograde there's a little sound there, somebody. If if you could like pause, there's a little shuffle. Um, thanks. Okay, but so repurposing is so important, and moving the borders. Oh, I love that of anything. That's Saturn in Uranus. It seems like, will we get the message? Yeah. Well, and they're anxiously awaiting to see of the improvements that they did make. How that works because I made improvements to the dikes and different things around New Orleans, so. Okay, but I'm thinking generally overall mm. is, is like, yeah, but, but that's, yeah. And with this, we have the moon conjunct Neptune and Mars conjunct the sun, even though Mars is out of sign, but they're still very close to each other. So that's a really interesting opposition. Um, so I would say that there's some anxiety going on around the full moon and so breathe and be gentle with yourself oh totally yeah and we had talked about this um the other day too that we actually should try and take the time to find the humor oh. <laughs> in all the craziness that we've been experiencing so um you know you wrote on your notes here that chaos happens we can't change it we can try to stay out of the drama and find the humor in it so I think that's good advice for this full moon. It, it is interesting. It's really, uh, there's a class I'm taking too with uh, Dr. Tad, who's of the Planet Buzz, and it's a, our personal myths. And interestingly, one of them, you know, it breaks up the, the in incremental way patterns. And um, one of them in our relationships, this happens to be the week of focus and humor the, being the comedian or being the audience within a relationship with saying it's so helpful if as long as one still addresses the issues, if they're very serious, but it does lighten the, 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 the severity of it. And it shifts, I think, the whole um, perspective, doesn't it? It's like just kind of allows it to, to maybe give an opportunity to see it in, in a different way to, to find a resolution eventually and these moons are the halfway point between the eclipses so that makes them more powerful too they call it power points so yes now say, repeat that again please liz the, the the new moon and the full moon are the moons between the eclipses the midpoint or the mid we're halfway through and so these are powerful strong moons and because it's a power point so it's like pay attention around that time. So give the degrees, just land it a little bit more. I'm with you, but I'm it's abstract at the moment. I'm sorry. Okay, well, like for this one um, in September, 
uh, let me get my notes where I have that written down. What September 20th is going to be? Uh, for September 20th, right. And the lunar eclipse was on May 26th of 2021 and the next one's November 19th. So this is the one halfway in between. But both these lunations are um, halfway between the solar and the lunar eclipse of the one previous. Oh, and the, one the eclipses, the eclipses. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry. And, I see. What, okay. And how does that, how do, would you interpret that? Well, they're usually more powerful. This stuff is going on. So it's like um, if something came in at the eclipse, you know, it could be repeated this time or it could just be a powerful point in the world or for us individually. An um, activation. Yes. It's, I see. So it, it, it uh, gives the um, strength of what's happening, dynamics, I guess that's yes. a way of putting it. Yeah. Well, then that is potent. That is potent. Yes. And in, in, in a sense, right now, thinking of it in those terms, looking at this chart again, that's still up for those that can see, because we have people with podcasts that can't, but we have the moon, you know, and the sun are opposite from each other in the sky. I mean, earth is between, um, right? And so Mars, though, is close with our actions of our ego sense of how we can fix things in that in that house of the sixth whereas our emotions with the moon which essentially it represents in our home and past and all these elements um, our attachments are because it's the moon really that we're looking at is with neptune and it's like uh, the best part of it would be to dream because we could be easily overwhelmed. So from that standpoint, maybe singing and dancing and <laughs> finding a good movie that we could laugh about a little bit to just try to not take, to take the drama out. Because I think we started this off with Sarah saying that, which I think has validity that there's a lot of serious issues that are being confronted in our life of how to shift. I mean, they're all retrograde it's a natural time that we're doing that introspection. And we have a tight T-square here with um, Mercury and Libra, Pluto and Capricorn and Eris and Aries. And it's quite tight. So there's still a lot of adjustments happening. Mm -hmm. yeah, with Eris. Okay. And, and I'm going to have you repeat that a little bit more, dear Liz, because you've come up <laughs> with really good things. And I, I'm one of these people that goes, okay, now further please expand yeah well mercury's there in the seventh house at 27 or 23 degrees of libra and pluto's in the 10th house at 24 cap and Eris is at 24 aries and oh. pluto and aries this is the fourth square between pluto's and Eris, and we have one more in october so it's like they're kind of adjusting um to me it feels like some issues around women um on one level but issues for humanity in totality and with mercury there it's like people are trying to come up with solutions i would say that there's communication but there hasn't been a solution yet boy this is pivotal thank you for bringing that to, 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 to point because this square between our transformational planet pluto that's actually the slower planet in this orbit because eris eris the 
uh, goddess of discord and truth-telling, um, chaos, you might say, because truth-telling can provide some chaos and, and, and discord, is 558 years. It's a long, it's longer orbit. And so they are in that tension square. And the last time this happened between, I think these sun, well, was back BC when great thoughts of consciousness were evolving with Confucius and Sao Lu. I can't Tongue and my brain don't always connect. Forgive me, please. <laughs> but huge consciousness of how to, in a sense, you could say of religions, regardless of how you think of religion, because the actual definition says it has to have a deity, but it is that whole framework of how you think of the con- uh, cosmology, right? And so there's these huge new organizations. So you could perceive that maybe all these changes that are going through because this is four of five as you say heavy well they're heavy because they're intense is squares and i think the next one is in um not that late from now september october the fifth october october okay so essentially out of this and there's a long aftermath because eris when she did throw the golden apple it didn't happen immediately. There ensued this 10-year Trojan War to figure out the aftermath of, of, of fairness. You might, well, anyway, we won't go into that. Um, yeah, there's something about themes of inclusion, exclusion, and the debate that's happening in involving that. <laughs> yes. And yeah, and I agree about the, the issues of fairness. Um, that's definitely going to go... And, and this moon goes void, of course. Um, it makes the full moon, and then it goes void, of course, immediately. Which, in a sense, is like it's done its deed, and then in, in that thinking, and so therefore we kind of sit with it and let everybody else. It it, it is a. It's like a thumb. Wouldn't it be like a, almost like you put your hand in a piece of cement and it kind of sits there for a while? Nothing else is going to change <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> <laughs> This happens on a Monday, and I was thinking, you know, when we're looking at these charts, it's in Washington, D.C., and there's just something really wonky and weird going on where people are just behaving abnormally, or if they're not on drugs, they're acting like they're on drugs kind of thing. But I think the the highest and best use of this day, I would think, would be volunteer work. Um just finding a, a way to do a group activity and connecting with a higher purpose. And um, you know, nothing, could, nothing that, brings you out of your pain more than recognizing and acknowledging other, other people hurt are hurting more than you. Well, there's yeah. another byproduct of that idea, along with our humor, not to forget that, to, to bring yeah. up uh, maybe within the co-partners as we're working. But the idea of manifestation, I did, I've um, learned that the idea, you have feeling, you feel of the manifestation that you want. It's not just a thinking environment, but a feeling, embracing as though it's real. But then choose a little tiny step 
that fulfills that feeling along with your other goals. So doing a volunteer work could be that tiny step of feeling like one did have some empowerment over their environment, over their life, over their, and reconnecting. Of course, how to do that with COVID is a little bit tricky too. So a lot of these have to get, but there's so many ways in some ways, you know, when could, speaking of children, of course, now at this point, the children, because there we were seeing the fifth house and the schools and all that, and it'll still be an issue. I have in my family sisters and one of them her entire life was dedicated to the education of children. And at the end of COVID here, she took uh, some, for her particular school, would read stories and, uh, and, and also enact little short videos in, on a teaching element. And I think they're rather brilliant. And so there's all kinds of ways to connect, which may not be our first choice, but there are ways, yeah, to choose how to um, help, you know, and do that volunteer work, which especially sixth house. Wow. And Virgo. Excellent. I would or say. pick up the phone and call somebody. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. A, day, a day of compassion. So. Yeah. yeah. That's nice. We need lots more of those. Oh, hey, just before we go, next week, our very own Liz, Elizabeth Mouchette, is going to be our guest. And she's going to be the interviewed as an author of a book that she actually co-authored, but she's representing, that is a gateway to change. So do tune in. It'll be a very exciting uh, event. And we thank everybody for listening to Talk Cosmos, Leading Edge Conversations. Thank you, guys. Until next time. Oh, goody. Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.